And welcome back to another episode of the On the Sideline podcast with Jackson and Kyle. I am Jackson, and I'm joined here, as always, by the man who would do as good of a job playing center as Ezekiel Elliott did. Kyle, Kyle, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, that was a brutal uh, play call, and he just got absolutely smoked on the play. I don't know yeah. who drew that one up. Yeah, does Mike McCarthy hate Ezekiel Elliott? Like, what What was that? <laughs> yeah, that, that felt like punishment. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what, what poor Ezekiel Elliott did to deserve that. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Plenty of stuff to get to. Uh, very fun week. I, I'll be honest, a bit of a bit of a bummer. Didn't think this was the you know weren't wasn't a ton of great games as we might have hoped for. But that that's the NFL. Sometimes you don't get some great ones. We still got some good ones here. Yeah, there was a couple good games I thought this weekend. At least competitive moments. Like outside of outside of Giants Eagles, I think every game had a moment where it got interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it didn't end up playing out that way. Yeah, I, I thought so as well. I, and there's, I also think that, you know, uh, we'll get into each game, talk about what happened, all that stuff. I have to say, though, Kyle, I think, you know, start the show, I think the best four teams are in the Final Four. Uh, this doesn't always happen. I think this happened this year. Uh, I think that we have two great matchups. Uh, I, I looked at the lines. They're both within three points right now. Uh, this is, this feels like an, uh, you know, awesome conference championship ahead of ourselves. Yeah, if you asked everybody in like week 13, week 14 to, you know, give us, you know, pick four teams for the final four, these are probably the consensus four picks at this point, right? So, yeah, I, I think Buffalo might have been the only other one that you uh, people would have said. Yeah, I think there would have been some picks for Buffalo, but at the same time, like, you know, we'll, we'll get into it, but they kind of, you know, they, they looked a little lifeless a lot towards the end of the season compared to where they were at the start. So, um, you know, I thought these three teams, these three, four teams have played fantastic football, uh, you know, basically from the second half of the season on. And, um, you know, they played fantastic. And that's why we kind of had some, uh, that's kind of why we had some big games or big wins, I thought, in this uh, this week. Yeah, let's just jump into it, why don't we? Let's just uh, get into the games. I want Let's start off with the, the most recent one, as this was the best game. We, we sort of previewed expecting it to be the game of the week. Uh, it ended up being that way. Uh, a very competitive game, very fascinating game throughout. Kyle, Cowboys getting better every year. Going from losing to the 49ers in the wildcard round to losing the 49ers in the divisional round. So two more years and they'll have that Super Bowl finally. Just yeah, actually they got to lose the Super Bowl. <laughs> they got to lose the Super Bowl two to 49ers somehow. Yeah, so just give it like three more years and you got it, Cowboys fans. Um, you know what? The score wasn't great in this game. This was a fun game. I thought this was a mm-hmm. really well played game from two so- both sides. I thought you know it was just fun because not only was it competitive towards basically until the very end. I thought you know. Stars are it's fun to watch stars play football. I think that's the mm-hmm. best thing. You know, stars are the main attraction to football games. And I thought the stars of this game were borderline awesome. You know, I thought McCaffrey was probably the one star that you felt a little like, you know, disappointed in, but I guess he was dealing with the calf thing. Kittle came up with multiple big plays in this one. Um, you look on the defensive side of the ball, Bosa had big plays, Fred Warner had some big plays, uh, Hufanga had some big plays. Uh, and then on the Cowboys side, like Demarcus Lawrence, I thought was unbelievable in this game. Uh, I thought Michael Parsons, Micah Parsons had his normal, you know, impactful game. I thought, and CeeDee Lamb was really good too. So I thought overall on both sides, I thought the stars of both teams showed up in this one. 
Yeah. Uh, although one guy who ha- has a star on his helmet that I think it's fair to say did not maybe show up uh, in this one. Well, let's just talk about it. Uh, Dak Prescott comes in and we talked about the way that the Cowboys can win the Super Bowl is if they can get an elite Dak Prescott kind of run, like sort of how the uh, the Rams did it with uh, Stafford. That's potentially the way to do it. Um, this was not elite. He had two interceptions. One looked like it was kind of a miscommunication, but still a very bad throw regardless of the miscommunication. I'll defend it a little bit. The second one was just a, you know, too risky of a, of a play. Uh, and also, you know, two, only 206 yards on 39 attempts. Uh, he, not to mention, he had a pick six that was just dropped. So uh, Prescott did not have his best day. Also, uh, we have a super chat from Joe Wingard, uh, we know grad, excuse me, uh, who, you know, at least we get to watch the championship game and Super Bowl neutrally. Yeah, uh, so condolences to Joe. We'll get more into the Giants in a second. But Kyle, uh, your thoughts on Dak? Yeah, this was a rough game. Um, I don't think he deserves all the blame for the loss. Uh, I don't think any one player in football ever deserves all the blame for the loss. That being said, he was bad. And I think a lot of – so obviously it seemed like the Cowboys game plan in this one was get the ball out quick. We don't want Bosa – we don't want this defensive line pinning their ears back and getting after the quarterback in this game. That seemed like the plan – the problem is, is that a lot of that all of a sudden comes down to your pre-snap reads. You know, you have to know exactly what the coverage is every time you drop back the pass because you have to know where these defenders are standing. You don't have time to process in this quick passing game. He was just off. He wasn't reading this defense. And I thought D- D'Amico Ryan's basically coached up a master class in this game, especially with the coverage calls. I thought they did a really good job of mixing up their safeties, their linebackers, who was rushing, who was dropping. Over and over again, it just seemed like whoever whoever Dak thought was coming towards him, whoever he thought might blitz or might come at him, was dropping into coverage over and over again. And that's what led to mistakes. And that's what cost him, you know, multiple opportunities, I thought, in this game. Yeah, and the other thing, too, it's like, you know, listen – you're playing San Francisco, right? Like, you don't expect this to be an offensive explosion. You know you're going, yes, a couple teams have gotten them. But in this scenario, especially kind of downfield, we thought that it might be tough for them to pass the ball too consistently in this one. That's fine. Uh, but then you have to protect the football. And, and there were just a couple of plays that were just, uh, you know, just not not great, uh, it's fair to say. Also, Kenneth Lee in the chat saying Niners are 4-0 against the Packers and Cowboys in the last four seasons. You love to see it. Yeah, uh, you know, three big playoff wins there uh, against, you know, two of the the big bads in the NFL. Uh, this is, you know, uh, for Prescott, it, I don't know. This game kind of reminds me a little bit of the, uh, maybe I'm just, this game is on top of my mind because I'm always thinking about this game. When the Buccaneers beat the Saints uh, in the playoffs a couple years back, where it was like, uh, you know, both defenses were playing well, but it came down to not which quarterback made the plays necessarily, but which quarterback protected the football. Purdy, uh, you know, it wasn't pretty for a lot of it, but he didn't, he protected the football. He did not turn the ball over at any point. Prescott put the ball in harm's way, and that was probably, you know, that might have been the difference in this one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had, you know, like you said, the two interceptions, he could have easily had at least a third. Um, I've, you know, I thought, Purdy left some balls up in the air that could have been picked too. And the big thing, not only that, you know, the 49ers capitalized on interceptions enough, at least where the Cowboys, I think had two or three opportunities to get interceptions and didn't, you know, they didn't get those opportunities. They didn't convert those opportunities, but yeah, I mean, it, it did seem like, you know, the least amount of mistakes won this game. And that makes a lot of sense. It was two turnovers to one. It was a one score game towards the team with the least amount of turnovers because both of these defenses, I thought, you know, on a down to down basis, 
played pretty unbelievable for large stretches of this game. I thought, you know, the Cowboys defense wore down a little bit towards the end, but at the end of the, you know, overall, I thought they were pretty terrific in this game and I thought they had a really good game plan. Um, you know, I, I guess my one question about this Cowboys offense and how they approach this game, do you think there should be some criticism for the game plan and how they try to execute? Because listen, I know the San Francisco defensive line is unbelievable. We know this is probably, if not the best unit in the league, defensive line-wise, it's one of the top three or four. But even without Shaq Barrett, I don't think Tampa Bay's defensive line is any slouch. And they were able to run all these play, you know, play action plays, long developing pass plays, and kind of pick them apart. And it just seemed like they didn't want to do any of that in this game. It seemed like everything was, we need to get the ball out in sub three seconds, no matter what. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I, w- I would say Tampa Bay's pass rush has been an issue. Uh, but uh, I-, I also agree. I think that, I don't know, it, it maybe, I-, I guess so. I guess they could have been a little bit more creative. I thought that when they were doing creative stuff early on in the game, it was working. So I, yeah. I think that, you know, you could have could have kept with that stop. I, I think I probably agree. Yeah. And maybe Pollard coming out of the game played a part in that, you know, mm-hmm. not having him to be able to, you know, run those long extended play action. There's your backup center point. out of the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, big, big part of that offensive uh-huh. center spot. Uh, uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, it, it would have been interesting because they did have that one soaring drive where you were right. They, they were able to hit a few shots downfield. CeeDee Lamb came up with a couple big catches and that was it. But I, I just keep th- coming back to, you know, we talked about in the pregame show, um, you know, on Wednesday afternoon, you know, we talked about San Francisco does have a tendency to be beat on the outside every now and that's the mm-hmm. one probably weakness of this defense. And I think I even said, like, Schultz and Gallup have to have big games. They did not have big games. They no. they couldn't win outside. They couldn't get separation. Gallup in particular, I mean, I, did he even get a yard of separation total on all of his routes run this game? Like, it just seemed like he did nothing. Yeah. Uh, Gallup, uh, minus 4.4 EPA when targeted in this one. Schultz, minus 1.6. In fact, uh, the only Dallas players who had positive EPA when targeted in this one was T.Y. Hilton, and uh, Noah Brown. So it uh, was not not ideal for Dallas uh, as, you know, just coverage is good. I agree with you, though. It's like it's, you watch these games and sometimes you just say, like, just take a shot downfield. Like, if you, mm-hmm. you're not getting these 12-play drives to work. Throw one. You know, it worked when you got CeeDee Lamb. You got a one-on-one there. You didn't have a ton of one-on-ones. But, like, you can, you know, find a way to get CeeDee Lamb one-on-one down the field and take a shot. Yeah, and, you know, there was actually one Gallup play where they went downfield and it looked like he might have had a step. The Mm -hmm. ball placement wasn't great on the throw, but, I mean, at the same time, like, it seemed like you had opportunities to go the ball, throw the ball a little bit more downfield, and it just seemed like they were uninterested in even challenging this defensive line and having Dak make big throws in the pocket under pressure, which that was their game plan, that was their decision. It kind of backfired in this one, and I'm sure, you know, the running, you know, Pollard going down, I do think is a huge part of this offense, even though it is only a running back. You know, I, I do think, you know, their mm-hmm. their ability to set up the passing game with their running game. This is one of the few teams I feel like that's important. Yeah. And, and you know, I think about the I'm, I'm kind of my last thought about the Cowboys is we talked about their biggest issue heading into the season. Why I was very low on them. I had to miss in the playoffs heading into the season was their lack of number two options outside of CeeDee Lamb who I didn't fully love as a number one. He proved me wrong. He was the number one this year. But uh, outside of that, who they have, uh, I think it's telling that in this game where they lose, the second uh, highest leading receiver was Dalton Schultz with just 27 yards. Uh, this mm-hmm. was a – they just were not able to get other guys open consistently or to be – when they were open, they weren't – you know, throws weren't being made. 
Yeah, and Schultz has largely been pretty good this season. So, I mean, I, I think this was kind of a disappointing yeah. performance. But I think, you know, when they let Amari Cooper go, they were expecting a lot more from Michael Gallup this season what they got. And it just hasn't worked out. And I definitely think that's probably going to be, you know, position number one to address in the offseason is that outside receiver to compliment Lamb and everything he does that is so creative. Yeah, uh, I have a super chat saying uh, the Skip Bayless meltdown will make this L better. Yeah, uh, you know, Brady losing last week. It's been a tough uh, six days for Skip Bayless. Oh, man. Definitely got a feel for that guy. Yeah, uh, I think we think we all feel bad for him. Where did the Cowboys go from here? I, 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 it feels like this is kind of their ceiling, right? Being like a good team that like, you know, uh, you have you're paying Dak Prescott. You have some other key players who are on rookie deals as of right now. Uh, so you got to take advantage of that, I guess. But like, it feels like this is a team that I, I don't, I, I guess the strategy is just keep doing this and hope that one of the years you're able to squeak into the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. I mean, they are going to try and put as much talent around this team as they can. I mean, the problem is, is that it's once again, like, <laughs> I mean, look, look at this, uh, look at this final four right now. I mean, it's San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan and Jalen Hurts, who's made tremendous leaps this season. It's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes again. Like, And, and just say that a little bit uh, you know, clear, too. You have out of the four teams, three of which have quarterbacks on rookie deals. Uh, the other one being Mahomes, who isn't on a rookie deal, but is Mahomes. Uh, and then also uh, two of which are Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow on rookie deals. So you're getting star players on rookie deals. Uh, it goes. It really goes to show the the power of an elite quarterback or a quarterback on a rookie deal. Yeah. So you know, th- there's going to be two questions. Like, a, you know, do we need to move on from Dak Prescott because of this situation? We don't feel like he can get us a Super Bowl. That's going to mm-hmm. be the first question. And if you keep him, which is probably what's going to happen, because it'd be weird to just get rid of your quarterback. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, just put the talent around him and hope one one season he catches fire in the playoffs and wins three straight games four straight games that's basically that's basically the roadmap for these teams that don't have a top five guy um or san francisco which might have the uh you know we'll get to san francisco in a second but they you know they got plenty of talent and uh reasons to help out a young quarterback over there um so yeah i mean that's basically what they have to keep going to over and over again and hope that eventually you know the 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 season clicks and they have uh you know they have the right run yeah uh completely with you uh on all that um very fascinating with them uh the 49ers though uh you know i have a couple of thoughts on them obviously we know defense played great that was you know fantastic by them uh you know jimmy ward had the uh it's so so weird where he had like the great read gets the interception and then just drops the interception but bats it right to fred warner who gets it he's like oh thank you uh you know but that was a funny play but you know uh for the offense yeah you know dallas's run defense played shockingly well in this one i don't think anyone was expecting that but the two guys i think we have to talk about are first george kittle with just you know that one drive was just amazing that kittle uh, all over the place charismatic uh as well as he's making these types of plays very fun uh sort of star building stuff for kittle but also brock purdy who listen this was a very mature game from brock purdy right he did not get frustrated when things weren't going well he uh did not turn the ball over which kind of like we said like that was kind of the thing is uh, again yes okay not every throw was perfect yes okay maybe if dallas makes a play here or there things can go wrong but as a whole uh he did what he had to do to you know get this win which is kind of what he's been doing all season right he's played his part to get the victory which is very impressive from a young player 
Yeah, I mean, he basically because there was a couple plays where because they have been very conservative about how they use Brock Purdy, right? They they're not mm-hmm. going to put him in a situation to fail. There's a couple plays where they had these long extended roll play action rollouts, and he had a lot of space and he had a lot of time. And then all of a sudden there's like a Micah Parsons bearing down on him. And you're like, oh, this could get interesting. This could get scary. And I think off the top of my head, he threw one downfield that a safety could have got. But at the most part, like he, he, you know, when there, when there was nothing there, he wasn't, he wasn't going to force the issue. He was just going to live to fight another down. And like you said, mm-hmm. it's a very mature po- uh, performance. And, you know, he managed the game like his team was the favorite and his team was the better team. And, you know, it was all about limiting mistakes for him. Yeah, I mean, their only turnover came on that uh, stupid uh, fumble. But also, I have to say, what's going on with kickoff returns? Why is like, kickoff returns are almost always uh, like not notable in this playoffs? I feel like there's been a ton of like very notable kickoffs. Kickoff returns are back. No, I don't know. I guess so. It is interesting. It seems like not practicing it as much because they think it's just going to go for a touchback, and so now like perhaps maybe that's it. Maybe now that it's the playoffs, you know, you're going looking for any edge possible. Yeah. So, I mean, it was an impressive game. I will say, like, so this San Francisco team, like, this wasn't the best McCaffrey game. He was a little banged up, it seemed like, in the second half. But is this, like, the most impressive group of offensive talent we've ever seen outside of quarterback? I mean, yeah, it has so many stars. I mean, uh, you know, Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, No other team has that many stars on offense. Yeah. I mean, you can even get into, you know, Williams and McGlinchey. McGlinchey had like uh, two or three run blocks in this game, especially towards late that were unbelievable and just carved open holes. I mean, it's it's a impressive group. And this is exactly how you build around a rookie quarterback, right? Like this is the perfect situation. And, you know, the there were some questions about, you know, did they overpay for McCaffrey? I don't think it's the case because I think it's a huge part of their game. And even in a game I would say was bad for McCaffrey standards like tonight, you know, he had a huge third down conversion. He rushed for the winning touchdown, stuff like that. You know, it makes a difference in these uh, in these uh, close games. Yeah. And what's also crazy thing too, is like you think about this Trey Lance situation, like if if they had gone with uh if they hadn't traded the trey lance right traded for trade trey lance you'd be looking at a situation where that draft pick got used for micah parsons uh which could have been uh, you know which is crazy to think about obviously who knows what would have happened in that scenario but like if they had micah parsons and then you know uh the pick they had last year was uh cole strange uh, i don't know if they still draft him but maybe they go with like <laughs> you know george carl Arthur's the next guy daxon hill lewis seen uh, if they get one of those guys, Christian Watson was available. What if, what if this team had Micah Parsons and Christian Watson? Uh, it, it's it's kind of crazy to think yeah. about that. Even with giving up three first round picks for a quarterback who isn't playing, they're still a completely loaded roster. Yeah, it's it, it was a very good job, and I thought it was a really good, well coached game too. I thought uh, Shanahan and Ryan's basically pushed all the right buttons in this game. I was impressed with them. You know, it wasn't quite as dominant as their wins in the past weeks, but eventually they were just ready to, you know. They had a game plan, and they eventually wore this Dallas team down, which I think is what they wanted to do. Yeah, uh, good win for the 49ers. Also, uh, my last thought about them, uh, continuing the incredible streak, I believe it's since 2010, every single season they've either lost 10 games or been in the NFC Championship. San Francisco? <laughs> yeah, it's just incredible. And, and it's, you'd, you'd hear that, and you think, oh, they went to the NFC Championship like once or twice. Like, No, they've been, it's like been, like, been like half of the years they've been in the NFC Championship game. The other half, they've lost 10 games. 
Yeah, I mean, it's impressive given the fact that, like, like we we all talk about this Mahomes streak, which has been impressive with KC, but this is, you know, without having a quarterback of Mahomes' stature basically the entire time, mm-hmm. be able to do this over and over again is an impressive, uh, impressive feat. Yeah, you could argue it's more impressive because, like, you know, obviously, like, if you have Mahomes, you're going to be at least close to there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, impressive run. They're back again. And, um, I mean... We'll see how they do in the NFC Championship game, but they're they're still kind of rolling right now. It's tough to think of who's going to beat this defense. Yeah. Uh, speaking of back again, we have actually, you know, three out of the four teams that someone <laughs> brought up in the chat are, uh, you know, are back in the conference championship this year. Interestingly enough, the Bengals are back. Try to see if they can beat the Chiefs yet again. As I picked the Bills to win this game, I thought this is a tough matchup for Cincinnati. Turns out the opposite was the case as Cincinnati rolled all over this one. Uh, early on, the Bengals went up 14-0 early and kind of everyone's saying, oh, wow, Bills, thanks for coming out. This is looking tough. I was kind of like, I don't know. I think the Bills might come back into this one. They did a little bit, but not really. I mean, this was pretty much uh, a wire-to-wire victory for Cincinnati. Yeah, it was an impressive win. I mean, they basically, they got it to 17-10 in the third. Mm-hmm. And even then, like, I don't know. It wasn't it didn't feel threatening at the same time because, you know, it just felt like anytime the Bengals got the ball, unless they like dropped a pass or committed a penalty, it just felt like they were going to get inside the 20 and get a field goal. Right. Like it didn't mm-hmm. seem like Buffalo had any um, any game plan to stop them. And they try different things. They try, you know, disguising their coverages. And I mean. Burrow just read everything. He read he read this team like a book. Um, who, Leslie Flager, I think, is the uh, Bills' defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He had no he had no answer for this offense. And I think what was most impressive, like I, you know, we talked about. I don't think anyone could beat this Bengals team on the outside. Uh, maybe besides Philadelphia, they have a shot, especially mm-hmm. on defense. This Bills team, I definitely didn't think could beat them on the outside. The fact that Cincinnati won this game up front too makes it all the more impressive. Like they Insane. just, mm-hmm. they, they bullied this Buffalo defensive line. Well, that was the shock to me is, you know, I tweeted out after the first drive of like, I was not expecting the Hakeem and uh, you know, uh, masterclass here. I was like, uh, right away. It was like, I think the fourth or fifth play of the game, the commentator, I forget who it was said, uh, like, oh, what a block by Hakeem Adenogy. And I said, Buffalo's in trouble. Uh, that's a concern. If, if you're hearing that, uh, maybe time to pack it up. Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a rough thing, and um, I don't know this Bengals this Bengals offense is just so impressive. Like they just marched down the field, and it, it looked a lot reminiscent to the start of that game on Monday night a few weeks ago. And it's mm-hmm. just like they're walking the ball down the field, they're doing whatever they want, and they have just completely adjusted their game plan to you know we we have these long developing pass plays, we had these big receivers that are going to win one on one battles downfield, and they just said we don't have the offensive line to do that. We are going to adjust everything to allow, you know, get these quick passing games, get the ball out of Burrow's hands, keep them upright, and then let these guys just become, you know, yards at the catch people. And it's just worked. Yeah. And, and you know, Buffalo tried everything. Uh, I think sometimes yeah. every now and then, like there was that one, like third down Hayden Hurst play uh, where it's like, they had this crazy exotic blitz and then like Hayden, but because of this, like they're having so many different things happening. Hayden Hurst, who just, you know, throws a chip and then runs out to the flat. There's just nobody on him. It's like it's third down of 10, just play defense sometime. Yeah. They looked a little desperate basically, didn't they? Like mm-hmm. they just, they, they realized pretty quickly. I think they didn't have an answer for this team and tried everything. And they were just like, it just felt like they were throwing things out to the wall and see what might stick. 
And then even if something worked on one play, it wasn't working the next play. And I mean, this Bengals team hadn't really run the ball that well for like the past five weeks. Dominated on the ground. They dominated through the air. I mean, this was just an impressive win. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And again, I mean, you, you you hear Jamar Chase ends up with 61 yards. Hayden Hurst ends up with 59. And then the next highest leading receiver will be uh, Samanje Pirine with 31. Like you're thinking, okay, advantage Buffalo. But, but again, it, it was just like every time, whatever they needed to have happen, happened whatever burrow was trying to accomplish he accomplished in this one I, I you think uh romo joked and like late in the fourth quarter he missed the throw and they were like whoa missed throw what's this because like he was just he was spot on the whole game but again the stat to me for the bengals offense that jumps out is joe mixon 105 yards on 20 carries 5.2 yards per carry i mean that's uh that that, that was shocking yeah p ryan too 4.7 yards a carry joe uh-huh. burrow had a scrambles you know 5.2 yards of carry. It was an mm-hmm. impressive performance on that def- offensive line. That was incredible. Um, let's talk about Joe Burrow for a second. So this is now his second three years in the league. Yeah, second crazy. straight AFC championship game. And the and first year he was hurt. First year he was hurt. Yes. And mm-hmm. I mean, this game, like, I, you know, obviously the Bengals making it to the Super Bowl, I thought was a big deal. And uh-huh. it was impressive what they did. And I felt like it was just a... You know, it, it felt like a huge moment for that franchise. This felt like a statement. Like, it really just did. He goes to Buffalo. It's snowing like crazy. It's like, you know, most quarterbacks don't like throwing the ball once, never mind throwing the ball all the time in that sort of, you know, blizzard-like condition. Mm-hmm. And he throws 36 passes for 6.7 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, no interception, didn't feel like he was even close to throwing an interception. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this felt like a, you know, I think most of us have him as a consensus, like, top five quarterback in the NFL. This mm-hmm. felt like a, I, I'm that dude. I'm one of these guys. You put me in this conversation from now on. Yeah, Kyle, uh, I'm going to run a victory lap, even though I shouldn't because I picked this game wrong. Uh, but uh, I had before the season, Joe Burrow higher on my quarterback rankings than uh, Josh Allen. I feel like this game confirms that for me. And we'll get to Josh Allen. I didn't think he was that bad in this one or anything. But like, I don't know. I watched Joe Burrow and I'm like, he is the contender to Mahomes. He is the Peyton Manning to Mahomes, Tom Brady. I mean, we're looking for this stuff. To me, he feels like the guy who is, uh, you know, I think he's number two in the league right now. I really do. Yeah. He's just unfazed by anything. Like we mm-hmm. said, they, I mean, the one thing, like, yeah, there were some miscoverages because they were trying all this different stuff, but they threw mm-hmm. everything. They, they threw the kitchen sink at trying to stop Burrow, and it just mm-hmm. seemed like every time he was just prepared. He was just as cool as ever, um, you know. It was an impressive game like that, and like I thought he was good in the playoffs. I don't think his numbers really did him justice, but like numerically wise, it wasn't really that great of a playoff run for Burrow, right? right? And mm-hmm. now this is this is where the numbers and the eye test is backing up that this guy is at that level. I mean, uh, he's probably the second best quarterback in the NFL for me right now. Like honest, and I think I had that before the playoffs, but this just confirmed to me that he can go in the snow like this and do this against like. W- I think we have criticized, especially me, I had criticized this Bills defense. It wasn't this bad all season. It wasn't that no. bad where it was getting embarrassed like that. That was an impressive run. Yeah, incredibly impressive. And again, it just goes to show how weird the NFL is of, you know, uh, they were a potential Tyler Huntley uh, fumble away from not even being in this game. Uh, just goes to show kind of the, you know, things hang on by a thread at times, but then, you know, the highs and lows of the NFL. Well, didn't Derek Carr like get down on like the one yard line? 
right. some last year. Close and they to made it. The like the seven. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Get down to the seven yard line. They make the Super Bowl. The you know the Ravens are down to the one yard line. Bengals uh-huh. win that one. They're all of a sudden in the spot. It's it's becoming a uh, feels like a pattern at this point. Hey, uh, there's the tuck rule game with Brady in his first super, you know, super Bowl. Like, every now and then, uh, you know, you need, you know, need to uh, sweat one out early on. Uh, but yeah, incredibly impressive by, by Joe Burrow. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to f- switch over to the other side of the ball now and talk about the, the bill side of things? Uh, yeah, we can, uh, bills fans. You might want to lock off. This isn't going to be very nice. Um, no. you might be this... meaner to me, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I think we were hoping for this Demar Hamlin story because it was a, um, it because you know it was obviously a great story. By the way, mm-hmm. like it's great that he was there and all that. We didn't need the four or five camera things to where we couldn't actually see him at all because there was so much snow, and mm-hmm. yet they kept panning to his box where we just see this like dark figure standing there. Like right. they couldn't put one camera in the box for like twenty seconds to say, mm-hmm. "Hey, look, Demar Hamlin's here." I don't know. That seemed like poor. That seemed like poor uh, management there on CBS's part. But anyway, um, you know, I think we were all rooting for the story because it was such a great story. But I think it made us kind of blind to the fact that this team, from what, week seven on, was an incomplete football team. It hadn't played its best football, it felt like, in months. And I just felt like that was a problem in this game. Nothing about this team. What, What phase of the game do you think the Bills played well in today? I didn't see a single phase of football that I thought they played well. Um, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, this, I mean, this was a, this is a disaster by Buffalo. It was, it, there's no getting around it. This was a disaster by Buffalo. This was a choke in every de- definition of the term. Um, uh, the one thing I will say, this isn't an excuse. This isn't the reason they lost. I do think the snow hurt them. I, I think that the weather hurt them for two <laughs> reasons. One, I think that I, I do think some of these, th- like there was a missed deep shot to Gabe Davis late, sort of late in the game with Josh Allen. And I'm like, I don't see him underthrowing it that badly if it's clear conditions. That's just me. I don't know. But the other thing I saw was the Bengals played a lot of man in this one. And as Romo even brought up, if it's uh, the snow, you know, with the snow, you can't play zone coverage because you can't move as quickly. So you play man coverage. The whole reason I picked Buffalo was because of their splits versus, you know, like when teams go back and just play zone coverage, how they just tear teams apart this season. And I thought the Bengals would play zone coverage. So I think that, again, that's not an excuse. It's not a reason you lost. But that's that's a little like, okay, maybe that would have made it a little closer. Yeah. And I thought the defensive line, too, especially when they're in those man coverages, I thought mm-hmm. the defensive line did a really good job. They got a little sloppy at times getting caught upfield, letting Allen scramble a little bit. But the mm-hmm. big thing was that the defensive ends contained. You know, the goal was not to sack Josh Allen at all times for Sam Hubbard and Dre Hendrickson. The goal was to keep them in the middle. So when Allen did run, when he did get past those initial blitzers and get upfield, he's running up the middle of the field where your defensive players are. That helped. Mm-hmm. I thought the pro, yeah. So I thought that was a really good game plan for uh, Cincinnati given the conditions. I thought they executed it pretty well in the, you know, throughout that game. But yeah, I mean, I just, I like, yeah, you could say the weather played a part in it, but. You're the Buffalo Bills. Like this right. is gonna play a part of every season for the rest of time. Like if they're if mm-hmm. they're gonna be a team that wants to win a Super Bowl, they're probably gonna have to win in the snow unless they yeah. change their stadium or put a uh, put a dome on it. I don't know. So is I that the move? Did it should it just go for go dome? I don't know. Maybe a tarp. Can you get a big tarp? Okay. Yeah. Maybe a tent, like a circus tent. Yeah. I don't know. You, <laughs> that looks so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's things uh, you can do. I mean, as Daniel brings up in the chat, it didn't hurt Burrow. Totally fair. Uh, absolutely reasonable to say. I, 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 I but, but um, the thing is, it's like Joe, uh, Josh Allen doesn't typically miss those throws. That's the only reason yeah. I'm bringing it up. It's like it feels like it's fair to bring it. But again, he missed some other throws. Like Allen deserves criticism for this game. I'm not trying to absolve him. Just absolve him a little. Yeah. And the, the, the big thing with the Bengals, too, is that the Bills played zone because they don't have the secondary to play man-to-man defense that much. Right. They mm-hmm. they just don't have the horses anymore with Hyde hurt and with um Trey White not being I mean Trey White was horrible in this game just straight yeah. up he he j- he's just not a hundred percent he needs the I don't know I don't know to rush him back or what but he's he does not look the same yeah he was bad this season and I thought he was really bad in this game so I mean it, they're gonna have to you know evaluate that in the off season and try and fix that secondary because I mean you could say if Von Miller's back healthy they're gonna be close again and. I think Josh Allen's good enough to put him in this conversation year after year, but it just seems like this team is bad at little things and the little things pile up year after year to why they lose. Yeah. And they're now they're going to start paying Josh Allen big money, which make, you know, uh, got to some free agents, the windows, you know, uh, the windows maybe not closing, but it's not quite as big as it was. Um, you know, I want to talk about the Travis white thing for a little bit, actually. Okay. Uh, is, is this a mistake? By the bill, how do they use trade? I mean, White was just covering Jamar Chase a decent amount in this game, one on one. Like they're just using him as if he's prime Travis White. Like, at what point do you say, okay, this guy is not a superstar corner right now? We cannot play him like that. Sure, get him some snaps, but like you know, not let's not have him be our number one corner. Like I think it, their defense got to me noticeably worse once Travis White got back from injury. Yeah, I mean the problem is too is like. They lost their first. They they lost their starting safety at the start of the year. That didn't mm-hmm. help. And he's an All Pro safety. They sure. lost their backup safety. Obviously, you know, a few weeks ago, that didn't help either. But I think the problem is is that the guys they have tried to plug in and replace around this defense have not worked out. You know, like I think, um, uh, yeah, I just don't think the safeties there have worked out in that spot replacing Hyde. I think they tried this Kyrie Elam thing. He's a rookie. We'll give him more chance. Dane Jackson. I don't think those guys worked out. Like, mm-hmm. what would have been the game plan for this secondary? And this was my big reason for Pinky Cincinnati in this game is I just didn't trust this team all year in the secondary to get stops. And if you're going to put Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Hayden Hurst, if you're going to put those guys on the field against them, I just don't see a scenario where they're getting consistent stops. Matt Milano is going to have to play like a madman and cover five guys. Yeah, and he still played well. I mean, you know, he yeah. was he was, he showed up. Uh, you can't can't blame him. But I think he was like, you know, let Levi Wallace walk, right? Where who's like, okay, I'm not saying Levi Wallace is a game changer or anything, but like he was a fine uh, corner for them, and he was at least a guy. You know, he did, did not cost much. Uh, kind of maybe a a mistake there in hindsight as well. But again, that that is hindsight 2020. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, Kyle. I'll bring up one other thing about the Bills. It's it's a it's a conversation. So we you know we talk about the stories that are happening. Are the Bills playoff chokers at this point? In the Sean McDermott era, they are 5-5 five and five in the postseason. And to just run down kind of the, you know, what happened. 2017, that was a Terod Taylor year where they lost to the Jaguars 3-10. I don't think you can hold that against them. Uh, there was the Josh Allen year 2, which again, Josh Allen wasn't good yet. So how much do you want to hold against them? But they still blew like a 19-point lead in that game. If you remember, to Houston, they lost in overtime in a, a very weird game there. Uh, they had it where, you know, they made it, they had one AFC championship berth that was in 2020, but even in that one, they barely beat the Colts when they were the two seed against the seven seed, uh, the Ravens game that came down to that Lamar Jackson pick six. Uh, and then they got crushed by the chiefs in the conference championship. Uh, the following year, 
they you know destroyed your Patriots. That's that's their one kind of thing they can hold their hat on is that was the clear cut great game. But then they again they lost to the Chiefs in the playoffs in that crazy game, the 13 second game. Can't blame Josh Allen for that, but you can blame the Bills for it. And then this year, barely get by Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins and then get crushed by the Bengals. I mean, it it is starting to become a trend a little bit of them underperforming in the postseason. Yeah. Is this a bad January football team, I guess, is the question. I don't know if it's necessarily choking. I just think, you know, we've talked about, you know, January football can be a little different. Um, and, you know, I think time and time again, we've talked about, you know, this is the big Lamar knock, right? Lamar Jackson can't win mm-hmm. in January. Football is just too different. It's too more. It's much more physical. You know, the line of scrimmage is all that important, all that kind of yada, yada, yada. Is this a, is this a bad January football team? I think is the problem. Um, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's actually true. I think it is something that's going to be brought up though, all off season. Yeah. I also kind of think about it too, is like, Maybe, but also I think about it like it's not like they're losing the teams they're heavily favored by. I believe the only two losses that I uh, there that they were favored was this game and the Chiefs game. But both those are still losing two very good teams. So uh, maybe not, maybe not, probably not. I think either way, I think I don't think you do anything about it. You keep Josh Allen and you just try to build the best team around. Him. Yeah, I mean, look at the end of the day, like I think you know there there's a question right now. Like I think the there's always conversations about is his team good enough to win a championship, right? And I mm-hmm. think, like, I don't think it's necessarily a choking thing, but I think we see time and time again, like, we looked at the last 20 years of AFC football where, you know, it was, you know, largely one team winning a lot of the games. There was time Steelers, where... Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there were moments where the early 2000 Raiders were regarded as chokers because they kept losing in the playoffs, right? And then mm-hmm. eventually lost in the Super Bowl to the Buccaneers. Then started mm-hmm. to crater off after that point. You know... Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning of all people was called the playoff choker for the longest time because sure. he couldn't beat the Patriots for all of that time. Um, you know, eventually teams started getting them a little bit, but at the same time, like, is it fair to say, I just think this is the worst team than Buffalo and can or Kansas city and uh, Cincinnati right now. And that's why they're not making the super bowl. Yeah, that might be yet. I mean, cause you know, Oh, and three, you know, in the last, the last three losses are against the, those two teams. Like not really a lot of shame in that. That's probably fair. One thing I also, I also have to say, uh, dude, are the Bengals aware that they also sold conference championship tickets to uh, in every scenario, not just a neutral site one? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think but, they. I don't think they got that. Someone purposely fun, didn't tell them. Yeah, it was a fun quote to have in the um, in the yeah, uh, you know sure. in the post game interview, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Joe Burrow was the man. We all love yeah. Joe Burrow. Well, yeah, got, gotta love Joe Burrow. One of the most likable players. I can't wait till he wins the Super Bowl. We all hate him. We're almost there. Yeah, he just needs to win one or get an MVP or get in one too many commercials. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's how we'll turn on him quickly. Oh yeah, he's lucky that he always goes. It's him and Mahomes are right. It, it, could, he could be the Peyton Manning to the Tom Brady Mahomes. That that could happen. <laughs> so everyone just hates Mahomes so much that he becomes likable. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I don't think Manning was that well liked, was he? Manning was like, yeah, Manning was very well liked. Oh, maybe just in my household he wasn't. Like yeah, I'm sure that you weren't. Yeah, not among oh. circles that you you were in. Yeah, um, but you know, putting a bow on the Bills, I guess you know, mm-hmm. I think that they have some pretty clear roster upgrades they need to make again. But mm-hmm. it felt like they were in the spot last year, and everything they tried didn't work. Right? You know, everything mm-hmm. they tried didn't work. So you're going to go into the off season saying. I mean, I think 
one or both of their safeties are now free agents, Poyer and Hyde. Um, you know, I think they, they're going to have to. I think Edmonds is a free agent too, actually, now that I think about it. So they're going to have to. They got a bunch. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're in trouble. Yeah, they got to pay some of these guys on defense. You got to add another corner who's going to be able to be good enough on that outside. You got to figure out if this Trey White thing's worth fixing. And then you still got to fix the secondary receiver, which was bad again in this game. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's things they have to do. Uh, but again, you have Josh Allen. You're just having Josh Allen, I'll still put them at number three in my way too early uh power rankings in the AFC. That's probably fair. Uh-huh. In terms of like who has the best chance to win a Super Bowl. So uh, you know, disappointing loss, but it is not uh they're not dead just yet in terms of hopes to win a Super Bowl. Uh, but you know, again, and again for Cincinnati, uh awesome win. We'll talk about them more. On Wednesday, when we preview them going back to play the Kansas City Chiefs, I guess let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, who, Kyle, so they won, but at what cost, right? Because there is this Mahomes injury where, you know, Chad Henney, who now has multiple very key drives in in divisional rounds, he's Mr. Mr. Divisional Round, Chad Henney, uh, as, you know, he had a 98-yard touchdown drive in this one. That was the difference in the seven-point game. Um you know, Mahomes starts off this game. It's looking like an all-time great Mahomes performance. I mean, he's making these—he's going full Mahomes in the best way possible. He's making these unbelievable plays. Things are going spectacularly well. All of a sudden, he gets banged up, and noticeably, he's limping. He stays out there, which I thought was just a horrendously bad decision to just let him stay out there without even checking on what could be wrong. I don't know yeah. what they were thinking there. Um, eventually comes out of the game and he has that touchdown drive that, that I talked about. Uh, Mahomes comes back in the game in the second half, but the offense was not as good. He was clearly uh, banged up, still had a couple of those Mahomes plays in there, did just enough for them to win. But I definitely think it's fair to be a bit concerned uh, if you're a Chiefs fan of just what is the health of Mahomes going into, uh, you know, playing a Bengals team that you've never beaten. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the high ankle sprain, like, that's not something if if it is a high ankle sprain, that's not something mm. that gets better in a week, you know. Right. It's still mm. gonna be incredibly painful to get leg in next week. He's gonna be at way less than hundred percent, we imagine. Um, uh, but that that scoring drive was very impressive. Um, and it was very impressive for Chad Henney to come in and lead a 98-yard touchdown drive. Yeah, which I think begs the question: is Patrick Mahomes a system quarterback? You know, yes, I think so. Even, I think even Matt Castle could have led that touchdown drive. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, no, anyway. It, it was an incredibly gutsy performance, I thought, from Mahomes. I thought it was incredibly gutsy for this Kansas City defense that had been kind of much maligned a lot this off this season. You know, stepping up big again. It just seems like whenever they need this defense to play good, it plays at its absolute best. It makes absolutely no sense. I can't quantify it. Uh-huh. But it just seems like whenever Mahomes slips a little bit, it's like, okay, the defense is just going to be good now. Yeah, I mean that was uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, the Chiefs' defense has players too. Like they, they're they're not a defense that doesn't can't have, do anything. Uh, one of the big things about this was just a play of the the Jamal Agnew fumble, which was just a a backbreaker. I mean, one of the dumbest ways to lose of all time in a playoff game. Of uh, again, uh, they were they were down ten points, but just about to get into the end zone. Uh, the you know the win probability went from they had a you know 90% chance before that play so it's still or excuse me uh 10% chance before that play to win the chiefs had a 90% chance to win uh put it up to just a 3% chance to win after that play i mean that was a that, that was a backbreaker 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it would have been interesting to see if he can get in, just trying to do a little bit too much with that play. Um, but I just – it was a weird Jaguars game, and I know this is kind of how this team played all season, um, but it just seemed like that they didn't really – it felt like really conservative on their part, right? Like it didn't seem like they wanted to draw up any shots downfield. And this is a team that really has, this season – hasn't been we're taking big shots with this team. We're not going to put Trevor Lawrence in that spot. We're not going to put these receivers we know aren't that kind of aren't those kind of players in that spot. But Kansas City's kind of known to give up the big play every now and then. And mm-hmm. you had one play big play to Kirk that basically bounced off his arms and you kind of went away from it after that. Yeah. Well and that's this is what we talked about in the previous show, right? Was about very much the Jaguars love to attack through the middle. Uh, inside the numbers, that's where they like to attack. Really, inside the hash marks, that's where they thrive. And that's where the Chiefs are at their strongest. They're linebackers and Chris Jones. Like, that's where they thrive as well. And so, it felt like Jacksonville said, we're going to do what we do. We're going to try to win that way. And they lost. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's a couple of mistakes on the way, too, right? Like, they uh, they gave themselves a chance. But, you know, just one too many mistakes. It looked like a young team that was a little overmatched. And, I mean, is this game close if Mahomes doesn't? get hurt it didn't feel like that way did it probably not yeah i mean you know it's hard to tell two drives but 10 points and two drives i mean if they were to keep that up i mean this is a complete blowout yeah it just felt like that if he was 100 it felt like kansas city was going to be able to get what it, what they wanted um and obviously you know you, injuries are a part of the game you can't make excuses for it but that had a pretty big turning point that it seemed like jacksonville might be able to go steal this but just didn't get enough big plays on offense. It just, I don't know. It it was a weird game plan, I thought, overall. Yeah, you could probably make an excuse for that one. If your superstar quarterback goes down, I think, think that's a fair excuse. Yeah, that's fair. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, I, I agree. I thought that, um, you know, I, I, I do think it's weird. Where I, I guess here's a question. We're kind of a bit all over the place here, but I think that's fine. Uh, the w- With Mahomes... Uh, this is maybe a bit ahead to next week, but I think it's a fine conversation to have now of if he isn't 100%, at what point do you put Chad Henney in? Like, I think they kind of hurt themselves a little bit in this one by keeping Mahomes in there, potentially. I think maybe having Henney in there would have been better for them because, I don't know, Mahomes, like there were there were some throws that Mahomes just straight up missed, and you can tell it's because of his, his ankle hurting him. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to go to Chad Henney, but I mean, I think there is an argument for it. And I mean, who knows what would have happened if Chad Henney actually kept playing? Like, does Jacksonville's defense adjust? Does that change mm-hmm. things? I mean, Isaiah Pacheco also had an incredible drive, I thought, at that point, too, that helped uh, Henney be able to lead that scoring drive. I thought he was really good on that one. Do they mm-hmm. change their game plan, basically, to cater to that? But I also didn't think they were very aggressive when Mahomes came back in. And then Mahomes, all of a sudden, it was very clear he couldn't move. At that point, shouldn't like eight guys be coming at him every time? Yeah, that, that might not be well because tip right because typically the thing is you don't blitz Mahomes right because that's the but yeah maybe there maybe it's not uh, a bad strategy. Reminds me of the one time when uh, Alex Smith uh, made his return to the NFL and it was all heroic and everything, and then uh, the Rams called a blitz right away. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> Aaron Donald like jumped on his back. Yeah, uh, just mean spirited, but yeah, I mean it just seemed like that was. You know, I felt like they could have done a billion different things in this game, you know. But, yeah, I mean, there there is – there's not going to be a conversation about it, but I do think, you know, depending on how he starts this game, because they're not going to be able to get away with the same things they were in this one against Cincinnati. Cincinnati is going to be able to go up and down the field on them, you think. 
Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, we have Madden Football saying, love the show. Keep up the work. Good work, guys, uh, with a super chat. Wow, Kyle, the official Madden Football YouTube account is, is uh, giving us a super chat. Who knew? We're big time now. We're, we are <laughs> yeah. here. We have arrived. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, uh, but the, you know, going back to the the, the game, um, yeah, uh, I think it's very fascinating. I don't know. Uh, again, kind of weird. Don't know what else to really say about this one entirely because uh, you know uh do we blame lawrence at all in this game he missed some throws in this one as well yeah i do think i do think he deserves some blame um i, mm-hmm. I thought he missed some like you said uh you know mistake on the interception so i mean it wasn't his best game and i mean really it was a bizarre playoffs for him where what he mm-hmm. ends up with five touchdowns and five interceptions in the postseason. I think uh-huh. he had some good throws, but at the same time, he wasn't. It, it just seemed like that he was a tad off for most of the game, and um, they they ran the ball incredibly well too. And I thought that was a weird thing where you know they weren't down twenty. It felt like there was opportunities to also run that they didn't use. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see Jaguars in the offseason, I guess, and how they adjust. And it's a young team that made some young mistakes. Yeah, uh, I think this is, I think it's a good good season for the Jaguars as a whole. I mean, great season. I mean, no one thought they'd be in the playoffs midway through the season, uh, and then they go. You go in, you basically get three playoff games under Lawrence's belt because the the Titans game was essentially a playoff game. I think you feel great about how this ended up going. Um, you know, uh, my my final thoughts about the Chiefs are I guess two things. For one thing, uh, Travis Kelsey's good. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, he was incredible in this game. Yeah, like how is I, this guy still so? Why why does this guy still get left open against zone? How does he? He's he's a magician. Yeah, there was a couple plays where there's nobody within five yards of him. You're just like, how does that? How do you allow that to happen? Like, uh-huh. there should be two guys on him at all times. Yeah, unbelievable. When again, Andy Reid does some good stuff. Or like like one play, it's like uh, he starts off blocking and then goes out, and it's like a typical tight end. I get how that works, but it's like. Travis Kelsey blocking should be, oh, okay, he's about to run around right after this. Like, you should never think that he's just in the game blocking. Yeah. Yeah, it seems it, it was some bizarre decision-making, definitely. But, yeah, I mean, Kelsey was just unbelievable. Like you said, it was, what, 14 catches, 98 yards. Felt like he had 198 yards on 98 yards. Um, it just seemed like every time they needed a big play, he managed to come up big. And um, it was it was an impressive game for him, and. There was a couple guys on this Chiefs offense, you know, like I said, Pacheco, I thought, had some moments in this game. He had the big scoring drive uh, or the drive that led to Kelsey's touchdown. I thought Tony had some moments. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of impact because they were their quarterback had one leg, but there every now and then there was a moment for all of these guys. Kyle, uh, so Travis Kelsey was in this game, the Chiefs uh, on offense, their highest rated uh, player, according to PFF. Guess who number two was on offense? Um, do our offensive linemen included in that? Yep, offensive linemen are included. Uh, Joe Thune. <laughs> it was not Joe Thune. It was the one and only, the player better than J- Jamar Chase, Kadarius Tony, baby. <laughs> Kadoni is back. Yeah. So what happens if the Chiefs beat the uh, Bengals? Are you doing a uh, Tony hey, over Chase victory lap? Hey, you know, brings uh, are what matter. Yeah. <laughs> That that will be fun. That 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 that's your Super Bowl the next weekend. Definitely. Yeah, that's that's right. Who I think it's okay. Whoever gets more yards in that one, that is the the better player, right? <laughs> no. Uh, I, 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 also, say, I don't. I don't love my odds of that even in in that scenario. Yeah. Have you have you bet uh, Cincinnati plus one and a half yet? Uh, I have. I have not. But I, I love. I don't get why the Bengals are fav- are underdogs in this one. I really don't. 
guess because it's in Arrowhead, but they did it last year. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're three and zero. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get that one. But I, yeah, uh, people probably love to bet on the Chiefs too. Yeah, that's true. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it should be. I mean, I'm so excited for that game. Uh, th- that's. Th- I, I honestly think these. This is the best heading into this week. This is the best case scenario. These four teams. Yeah, I think I might be excited for more excited for the other game. Um, sure. <laughs> you want to get into that one? I mean, this is a. Uh, this was a, speaking of statements. You know, this was a absolute statement from Philadelphia, right? Yeah. Uh, also, you know, I mean, again, uh, you could argue it's a statement from the Giants as well. I won't go there. Uh, I'm not going to say that. Uh, this was a, I, I thought this was, you know, I, I expected a blowout going into this. I didn't yeah. quite expect this much of a blowout, though. Uh, this was domination by the Eagles. And, you know, um, it just goes to show why this team is so difficult to stop, right? I mean, they're just, they have so many weapons on offense. Their defense is so good. You could argue, I mean, they're one of the best offenses in the league and one of the best defenses in the league. I really, you know, I, I've been on the Eagles should be the NFC favorites train uh, from the jump. And I think this is proving it. Yeah. I mean, this offense kind of felt like on cruise control this game, right? Like it didn't seem like they did anything, uh, but they scored 38. Like they, they were just kind of mm-hmm. casual with their 38 points in this one. Um, it was an impressive win. This secondary is everything is advertised and, yeah. um, you know, if they can continue this, I mean, they're going to be Super Bowl champions. But it was a, uh, it was a, it was an impressive performance. I thought on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's actually start with there with the secondary because, like, I mean, this really just goes to show if you can get this elite secondary, it just makes things so much easier, right? I mean, when you get this this James Bradbury Darius Slay thing, you know, they they made that move for James Bradbury, and we said, okay, this is interesting. Uh, he's coming off not a great season, but we all saw the upside. And the fact that they hit, and that upside is hit, and Bradbury has played like, you know, Pro Bowl James Bradbury. Darius Slay has played like Pro Bowl Darius Slay. Uh, and it just, like, there were so many plays in this where Daniel Jones is looking down the field for four seconds, and then pressure's getting, and usually he didn't even have four seconds because pressure's getting there sooner. I mean, this is just, there, there was nothing for him to do. Yeah. Like, I mean, Reddick and Sweat and uh, just go through that, you know, defensive line, Quinn and Graham, like, in its, in its own, that's, a fine pass rush. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's solid. I don't think it's spectacular. I think it's solid, though. It's, I mean, it's, this, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, it mm-hmm. is pretty good. It, it's, you know, I wouldn't put it in like the top five or anything. But at the I same time, top five. I think it's very good. I, but yeah, if you're putting the secondary behind it, it's even better, right? Like, well, yeah, just, sure. It's, it's impossible to guard that. Like, there's just nobody open. And, you know, I, you know, we heard some things about this defensive scheme that is kind of vanilla, but. You can be a vanilla defensive scheme when your guys in the secondary are just good at covering the football. Yeah. Uh, you know, and part of it too is I'm including the interior defensive linemen who are also very, you know, very good at rushing the passer. So, uh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, but but yeah, you're absolutely right. You have both both things work together. Uh, Kyle, uh, why, it, was, it was the Cardinals, right, uh, who tried to make Hassan Reddick an off-ball linebacker. Uh, what what happened there? How did, how did that, how did they screw that up? Yeah, that was a bit of a mistake. And he's such a good pass rusher. Everywhere he's been, he's such a good pass rusher. Uh, I don't know why you wouldn't just put him there and let him do his thing. Um, he got after him in this game. He's he's an, I, I really like his game. Um, he's impressive. Yeah. Um, and again, it helps when you get to go up against Evan Neal as much as you do. But it also helps when like you get to stay fresh. Like he he had thirty six snaps in this one. Like because like, they have so many great players, they can just rotate out, and that's kind of what makes this 
uh, pass rush really so impressive isn't just the guys, but the the amount of guys, right? It's, I mean, you know, uh, outside of brand, I mean, I don't know. It's it's the guys too. This defense is loaded. I mean, this is just, uh, I don't know. Personnel-wise, probably the best defense in football. Yeah, so just, just a funny thing, because it was a couple years separation, but Hassan Reddick got a three-year, $45 million contract. Bud Dupree, I think a year before, got a five-year, $82.5 million contract. Mm-hmm. If he's on Pittsburgh, is he getting a ninety million dollar contract probably in the off season? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, uh, probably. Yeah, I mean, he, he's just a better pass rusher, straight up, and he's—I I think he's one of the best pure pass rushers in the league. Like you said, they're able to rotate all these guys in. I mean, they—they're so deep on the defensive end spots. That's a big thing. Like, I'm, none of these guys are superstars, but they're deep at those defensive end spots, definitely. Yeah, that that I I agree with. Um, the you know, uh, don't know how much Robert Quinn is helping. No, no, he's uh, <laughs> he, <laughs> you know, you take the chance, but at the same time, it's okay sure. to do that when you have you know Graham Sweat and Reddick, so you can take some chances. Yeah, um, th- th- yeah, definitely. And meanwhile, again, offensively for Philadelphia, it was. Just as you know, like I said, kind of coasted, uh, but still, th- this was one of those games where it's just like, uh, you know, like the like no one went off, there was no crazy. I mean, Jalen Hurts had 154 yards passing in this one, uh, it wasn't, it was, it was really a running win, and but it also kind of goes to show, you know, we talked kind of uh, previewing this of like the Eagles loved their second quarter, another 14 uh, zero second quarter in this one, but it's like they get up in the first half and then just run out the clock in the second half, and they're just they're. They're the best run out the clock team in football as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it. It really. I mean, their two running backs combined for two hundred and two rushing yards. On uh, doing quick math here, that's never a good idea. Twenty nine carries, two hundred two rushing yards and twenty nine carries for between uh, Sanders and Gainwell. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's going to win a lot of football games. I think. Too. Yeah. You know, if you're going to mm-hmm. give up that, that's a problem. And the big thing is like the, we knew this Giants run defense was bad. It, it has graded out bad all season. But the mm-hmm. fact that this team could just consistently over and over again get to the edge, set the edge, and get these running backs on the edge, mm-hmm. it just it's it's a game changer for this one because there's not a lot of pass rushers in the league that are also able to apply to the run and account for this Philadelphia offensive line, which is so good on the edges. Yeah, uh, it's such an impressive job by them. the The flip side, um, gotta talk about the Giants. Uh, here um this was uh you know a Madden football for super chat saying hit that like button yeah hit that like button uh very good job keep giving super chats uh for us to you know hopefully get more people to hit the like button definitely do that if you're watching along uh on youtube um but yeah i mean giants you know uh, i didn't think daniel jones was great in this one which is a bummer because he's coming off of his best game if he was great i don't know what would have happened because there wasn't a lot of opportunities for him to do some do stuff uh here i don't know uh, this was a, I mean, this Giants team felt like they were, it's kind of like what we said going in, right? I think the Giants are who we thought they were, which is a team that is a, you know, is not incredibly talented, but gets the most out of what they have. They were well coached. They didn't beat themselves and they were able to beat, you know, beat bad teams. They were able to beat mediocre teams, even beat a couple good teams, but probably not going to beat any great teams. And they weren't able to even keep this one close. Yeah, I mean, I guess the question is, you know, do we evaluate this Giants team as a team that exceeded expectations this season? Or do we evaluate this Giants team as a team that made the NFC Divisional round? Um, Because obviously this is a bad look for a team that made the NFC Divisional round. But this is a team that, you know, 
I think if you ask any Giants fan in the preseason, this team's going to make the NFC Divisional round and lose by 30 by 30. They're all going to be like, oh, cool, we made the playoffs. You know, I think the expectations preseason were that. And given the situation of the receiver injuries, nothing, you know, Kenny Galladay gave you nothing this year again. And I think that's the thing that they're going to have to figure out going forward is like, I think they got a nice coaching staff. I think they've, you know, harnessed some of this talent pretty well, especially on the defensive side of the ball where they got some nice guys in the secondary. Kayvon Thibodeau looks like he's going to be a star in this league sooner Mm -hmm. or later. But like, you spent all that money on Kenny Galladay. You have the worst receiving core in the league. If if it's not the worst, it's you know right there with the Bears for the worst in the league. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you've invested all of this in the offensive line. Year after year, you're drafting first round offensive tackles. It's still not a very good offensive line. So, like, it's good that they have this good coaching staff. It's good that they're developing good talent at certain spots, but. You just see time and time again, teams can't miss on things like this over and over again and expect to be an elite team. It catches up to you eventually. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what you do go from here if you're the Giants because, like, uh, I, I think it's, you know, I guess there's a couple things. Like, for the Giants, I, I think that, um, you know, you look at this first, if you're a fan, you say, hey, this was fun. And you don't think about the future just yet. And you just give it a week and say, hey, this is a fun run. I'm glad we got this far. I had a lot of fun. Because uh, that's what sports are for fun. Uh, but from here, this after the week when you have fun and you look at the uh, cat friend or your, the sport track and figure out what exactly is happening for cat space and everything. Um, you know, Giants have $54 million in cat space, but they have some free agents. And the biggest one, obviously, is Daniel Jones. But you also have Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard. Um, you know, uh a couple other guys who are players that if you're going to let walk, you have to at least, uh, you know, like Darius Slayton, Julian Love. If you let those guys walk, you have to replace them. Richie James, uh, another one. Uh, so they have the money to do it. But the Daniel Jones question is the interesting one. Do you pay Daniel Jones here? Do you, you know, maybe you tag him. That might be the move. You do a franchise tag. It would cost him money, uh, probably more than he would get with a, a contract. But at least you don't have to make a decision just quite yet. That's a decision you have to make. So, uh, you know, I don't I don't know where you go from here with the Giants. They're they're in a weird spot. Yeah. I agree because like it, it seems like the franchise tag would be per like I don't like the franchise tag. I don't think it should be a thing personally. But like the essence of the franchise tag seems like it'd be perfect for a player like Daniel Jones, right? That yeah. you put him on it. But that being said, like, what is a quarterback franchise tag now? Like 30 million? Yeah, I'm not that? sure exactly what it is, but it might be more. Yeah, it might be closer to forty because uh, I I can double I can check. Yeah, because isn't it like the average of the top five contracts or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, you know, it, it'd be a lot for this season. You you know, you're gonna say, okay, we're not gonna address everything we need this off season, but that is something you could do. Um. But yeah, I mean, I do think that they need to find a way to get better at skill position spots, and. I think the, you know, beyond Jones, the Saquon one becomes an interesting conversation because, mm-hmm. you know, historically you don't pay running backs. You especially don't pay running backs with injury history, but Saquon was also a huge part of this offense. And mm-hmm. he's a huge part of what they want to do to be successful. So are you okay with winning Saquon Lock, knowing you're going to have to address running back in the offseason if you want to have as much success? There's some nice running backs in the draft, but you're going to have to figure something out with that. Yeah. Can I be honest? I, I think if I'm the Giants, I know this isn't the fun answer. Uh, I think I trade Daniel Jones. I think I trade, tra- I, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I tag, I, I think at least I probably tag Barkley and trade him there 
And I probably uh, do something similar with Daniel Jones. I, I, I don't think I uh, keep either one of them. Daniel Jones, I think, no, I think I tag Daniel Jones. I let Saquon Barkley walk. I think that's what I do. I think I would too. Like, we, we haven't gotten into draft stuff, but like, if if, if they got like a Bijan Robinson, I think he can come in and do do what Saquon did. I think that would make a lot of sense. And you reset the you you reset the rookie calendar basically. I think that makes some sense. Um, but yeah, I mean they're gonna have to figure out how they can improve some of the spots. It, you know, they desperately need a wide receiver. They desperate. I mean, they need. Does this team need three new pass catchers? Honestly. I say Hodgins is good. Yeah, that's nice. You probably mm-hmm. want him as your third guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think you want him as the number one guy. He 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 surpassed expectations, but definitely you gotta gotta you know work. And they've worked, you know, spent the first round pick on uh, Kadarius Tony, who some people loved out of the draft. Uh, you have you know uh, the Kenny Galladay thing, which was you know uh, I, I thought a pretty safe bet. Like I I didn't think Kenny Galladay was going to be a bust like he ended up being. I thought he'd play pretty well uh, for them. So like they tried to make it work, and it just didn't work. So I guess just try again. Yeah. Yeah, you got to reload. I mean, yeah, I don't think we ever envisioned Galladay being this bad to where he's not even playing. But here mm-hmm. we are. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting conversation for the Giants this offseason because the expectations have now risen. And I don't know if they're, I mean, it's a long offseason ahead. I don't know if they're going to be able to hit that level again. Yeah, some people in the chat are very upset about the idea of potentially losing both Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Like, listen, we just talked about with Dak Prescott how if you don't have a star quarterback and you're paying him star quarterback money, you're not going to be able to take the next step and get to a Super Bowl. We all agree. We all say, ha-ha, Dallas Cowboys paying, overpaying your quarterback. But in every single time one of these quarterbacks hits the market, everyone, well, you got to pay him. Like, wh- 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 no, you don't. Well, this is the conversation that keeps coming up over and over again, right? Like, it was the whole Jared Goff conversation in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. They made a decision. Or the Kirk Cousins conversation, you know, the, all over. Well, the problem is, like, the, the problem we're running into is, like, the problem with trying to have an elite quarterback is there's usually only about 10 of them. Mm-hmm. So, how, you know, only one team, if Lamar Jackson actually leaves Baltimore, which I'll believe it when I actually see it, uh-huh. only one team is getting Lamar Jackson. Only one team is getting Tom Brady. There's still like 22 other teams that are going to have to address their quarterback situation this offseason. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you don't have an elite guy, you have to ask the question about every possible avenue you can take. You know, do you take a chance to draft there? Do you, you know, try and get somebody? Because yeah, I mean, $40 million for Daniel Jones is going to be a lot of money. Yeah, but here's the thing. So. You have Dane, yeah, you know, right. The tag would be, I believe, about four, uh, people are saying in the chat 45 million. I'm not sure if that's true, but that's what people are saying. Would you rather do that or would you rather pay Jacoby Brissett uh, 10 to 15 million or Geno Smith, uh, you know, whatever he's getting? Would you rather pay, let's just use Jacoby Brissett. If he's going to get 10 million, would you rather do that? Now you have 35 million plus Jacoby Brissett, which doesn't feel like a massive downgrade from Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones was, you know, I'd rather have Daniel Jones than Brissett, I think. But it doesn't feel like a guarantee. You're like Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, there's guys who can give you similar value at a much lower cost. And I think that might be the preferred option. Because, again, the fourth team in the conference championship right now is the 49ers. I think a big part of what they've done, I mean, they paid Garoppolo a lot of money. But then kind of his contract ended up aging well. Uh, and now he's not on that big contract uh, of you know not paying quarterbacks big money. That's kind of the other way that you can have consistent success yeah 
Yeah, if you're able, I mean, they need a lot of skill position talent to catch up to San Francisco, but yes. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean. It, but you're not going to get that by paying Jones $45 million. To be clear, I think we both end up, I think we both agree that we think Jones is the quarterback for the Giants next season. Um, uh-huh. But I do think it's fair to ask the question because. There has to be as, a number. Yeah, as good as as good as Jones was this year, um, I think it's fair to say he's not, you know, more than fair. I think it's true to say he's not a top 10 quarterback. He's just right. not. And so, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he, his agent, you know, he and his agent are going to try and get every dollar they can. Maybe by some grace, they say, you know what, we'll take $30 million a year. And you say $30 million is the money we're at. If he wants that full long contract, or if he wants to take the franchise tag at $40 million, I think that's going to be, you know, questionable going forward. Yeah. I mean, again, right. Did some nice things, took a step forward. Uh, you know, he was PFF's 17th rated quarterback this year. He was, you know, one spot behind Mitchell Trubisky uh, in this season. <laughs> That's not to say that he's like a bad quarterback. He's He was a mediocre starting quarterback this year, which is there's value in that. But it just you have to say this is the price tag. We're not willing to go over. It. And yes, if he says, you know what, I think I can get uh, a five year, $40 million deal into open market or something like that. I think you have to let him walk. I think you can't make the move just because option you know door number two doesn't seem that enticing because otherwise you get you know you're you're hurting your franchise for a lot more a lot longer and guess what carolina and washington will definitely pay that kind of money for a quarterback yeah some team's gonna overpay for him that's the thing that that's what i'm banking on here yeah um you carson Wentz is on the market what do you think of that oh yeah so, <laughs> someone will pay overpay someone's gonna talk themselves into it well, i'm gonna be right carson about this You've been saying, well, maybe uh, you've, I think you've been saying all, you know, Carson, I think at one point you said he's not even going to be on a team next year. Someone's going to give Carson Wentz 20 million. I'm convinced. <laughs> I'll take you. I'll take your bet on that. I don't think okay. it happens. We'll see. Uh, I think it's more likely someone pays him 20 million than he's not on a team next year. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see it happening though. I just okay. don't see it. Yeah, and again, it all comes down to the the money stuff with Jones. Should be an interesting discussion to be had. You know, you, just, you can't make the uh, the personal decision. The Eagles uh, again wrap a bow uh, on them. I don't know. Very good. Uh, I, I just the, the, I can't get the 2017 vibes out of my head. Right? Like, and it was it's mm-hmm. weird because that's not exactly what happened. Where you know the Eagle, like, if Julio Jones makes that catch, the Eagles don't win in 2017. Uh, but you know it, that that just feels like such a uh, you know, uh, it, it, it feel they feel so similar to that team, just in the great lines, uh, great secondary. I mean, just great at everything, just loaded team. Yeah, they're a complete team, top to bottom. I do think mm-hmm. they have one weakness, which we're going to talk about next week because I think it could be exposed. Um, unless you want to talk about it now, but I do think they have one weakness to their team. But overall, I do think they're pretty good across the board, and it's maybe the most complete roster in the league. Yeah, uh, great teaser for next week, Kyle. As uh, we will talk about that next week, um, Kyle. It's, you know, uh, on our picks, uh, it's a three-point game here, so you didn't make up any ground, unfortunately. But maybe a chance next week to, or maybe you just maybe you're going to bet the same way I bet next week and just have it all come down to the Super Bowl. Who knows? Plenty of strategies you could go up. Yeah, I got a lot to think about this week. Uh, getting ready for Wednesday um, should be fun. Looking forward to the show. Yeah, absolutely looking forward to next week. Only three games left, Kyle. Not right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's coming to the end of the season. You going to watch USFL in the offseason? Probably not. I feel like I typically don't. I keep seeing that commercial for it, and every time I see the highlight, it looks fake. 
Yeah, it, it, it. I don't know why they chose. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, I do. I, it feels like I don't know. One of those like Key and Peele comedy sketches. Yeah, like, and it even isn't even that exciting of a hit. Like, it's a decent hit, but mm-hmm. like, it's not like this is like. It's not like I was looking at Brian Dawkins take somebody out. Like, right? I, I don't know. Uh, I probably won't watch. I, I don't have that much propensity to watch football in the off season. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, there's maybe ways. To, I, I got into the AAF that one year, but I, I don't know if I can. Uh, I think that was probably just because the Orlando Apollos were so good. Uh, yeah, that's true. The, Eric Gilbert, the, MVP, AAF champions weren't. Wasn't that their thing? I, well, the, the league shut down after like seven weeks, so we never actually got a championship. <laughs> they were undefeated, so name them champions. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think they lost one game, but besides the point, they, they were you know uh, very good stuff. I'm so excited for next week. Um, Kyle, let them know where they can find us on Twitter before we head out. Yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter. That is at Jackson Kruger. Make sure to follow me at by Kyle Gronin. And make sure to follow the account page at On the Sideline JK. That is at On the Sideline JK. Kyle, remember back uh, in the in the off season when there was a Teddy Bridgewater banner that got stuck on the screen and I could never get it off? Yeah. I just now got it off. Oh, that's good. <laughs> How'd you yeah. do that? I just deleted it, and I, I, every now and then, like I don't know, once a month, I click the X, and it just says uh, cannot be done. I did it now, and it just it went off finally. Oh well, there you go. A great running R. gag for the people that have been <laughs> listening for a while. R.I.P. Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, cool. I, I feel great now. This is gonna be way easier. This, it was so, super annoying for that year having to deal with that. <laughs> it was just a thorn in your side. Now it's gone. I appreciate. Yeah. That, I, I feel great. <laughs> Thank you, Streamyard. Good <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, if you like audio-only podcasts, anywhere you get your podcast, this should be available. It's called On the Sideline Podcast, so check that out if that's what you're interested in. Um, and yeah, Kyle, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're getting down to it. Yep, like you said, three games left. We got the championship games, which is going to be electric. These are, like you said, I think if you could have picked midseason the four teams you want to make the conference championship games, you're probably picking these four teams. They've been electric this season. Second half of the season, they've been unbelievable. They should be fun down the stretch. Yeah, very excited for seeing who will eventually and who will get the Lombardi Trophy. I think any of these teams, I'd be excited to see win it all. Uh, I think they're four likable teams. I know people don't like the Chiefs, but I, I like the Chiefs. Uh, I, don't, I like all these teams. Uh, either way, you're going to get a great storyline for a great Super Bowl. Very fun stuff. Uh, Kyle, any final thoughts before we head up? Uh, looking forward to Wednesday's show. Looking forward to the picks. Uh, we'll break it all down for you Wednesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern. Um, let's get to it. Championship week. Let's do it. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. Okay, thank you to everybody for uh, watching along or uh, listening along, however you're, uh, however you're appreciating the show. We appreciate you. Uh, hopefully we'll see you Wednesday at nine o'clock for the pickup show or next week at 11 for the recap show. Uh, uh, that would be, you know, right after the games. Okay. Uh, thank you everybody. We do appreciate it. And until next time, see you later, alligator. Peace.